Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. A little later in the show, we are going to have a special performance by an Afro-Cuban group that is performing later today here in Detroit. They've got a really great story to tell. Two brothers, one who lives in Cuba, one who lives in the United States. We're not allowed to tour together because of the frosty relations between the two countries until this year. This is the first time they have been able to tour and perform together, and they're performing tonight in Detroit, but they are performing later this hour here at the WDET studio, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But first, Wayne County is no longer operating under a consent agreement with the state. It's a significant moment for a county that has been had deep-rooted financial problems for some time, problems that are complex and have required painful sacrifices by county employees and retirees to address. But some big questions still remain. How will the county address its underfunded pension fund? What will happen with the stalled county jail site downtown? And are we ever going to get to the bigger conversation in Michigan about municipal finance, local governments all over Michigan, of course? are struggling with less money than they had uh, years ago. So joining me now to talk about what happened yesterday and what we hope might happen in the future is Warren Evans, the Wayne County Executive. Uh, County Executive Evans, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah. Good to be here. Yeah. So big day yesterday. Uh, in, in some ways, this is the way I think the framers of the emergency manager law in Lansing imagined sort of that this would work, the, the sort of ideal way that uh, this process would work, that uh, that you would enter into a consent agreement with uh, local governments that are in trouble, figure out ways to, to get finances back under control, and then return uh, control fully to the Democratic, uh, the Democratic branches. So uh, is that how you see uh, what happened yesterday? Yeah, I think that's right. I think, uh, unfortunately, uh, I understand that we are the only um, entity in Michigan that's ever come out of a consent agreement. Right. <laughs> uh, some have gone from it to emergency managers to emergency and other management. things, but yeah. I, if I, if you know, what I've been told is correct, we're the only ones that uh, came out of it locally, and I think that, uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, uh, I think it's also a uh, kind of a roadmap for cooperation if you can get it. There's so many entities that really do need to cooperate. And I think the key to us was, I think we were, we did a very good job of convincing people how deep the hole was initially. Uh And I think that galvanized uh, some support for, uh, this is pretty bad. Uh, Give us an idea of how deep that hole was and some of the things that you had to do, some of the choices you had to make to, to get back to a place where the budget is in balance. Well, the uh, the uh, structural operating uh, deficit every year was uh, fifty two million dollars. The accumulated uh, deficit, which is little different, could pay paid off differently, was yeah. eighty two million dollars. Uh, our unfunded health care liability was one point three billion dollars, uh, and as I remember, our pension underfunding was about uh, eight to nine hundred million. Uh, so it was significant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we have eliminated the structural deficit. We've eliminated the accumulated deficit. And it's still kind of amazing to me, but we uh, cut north of $800 million off of the OPEB 
uh, liability. It still leaves liability. us half a billion, but I mean half you know half a billion, but that's a whole lot better than one point three billion. Yeah. So, and what what are the things that you were able to do to reduce that that healthcare liability? Well, from the you know the 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 painful part was re- really restructuring uh, healthcare and to some extent re- restructuring pensions. Uh, in terms of what the multiplier was going to be, that sort of thing. But I think more important, well, equally as important, Uh is we started from the premise of we're going to have less money, but we've got to continue to provide the services or enhance them. And so a lot of process reengineering occurred uh, that I think really got at the structural deficit because I think, you know, there was literally money flying out of open windows uh, that wasn't managed as well as it ought to be. And I think when we kind of got our arms around that, it helped us significantly with the structural deficit. Yeah. And and sort of there's no way to talk about this process without talking about that sacrifice that people were asked to make, not just retirees, but, but current employees as well. I mean, things in Wayne County look differently now than they did before. Mm-hmm. I think we worked extremely hard to make sure that uh, where we cut, we didn't lose sight of the fact that, you know, people need health insurance. People need, um, you know, we need to protect the pensions. Uh, and so significant sacrifice, I think one of the, the big things that helped us along the line was it was from top to bottom. Well, I, I can't say the legislative branch because, quite frankly, they never changed theirs. But those <laughs> of the rest of us who work for a living um, did. And... Uh, so while it was painful, it wasn't as painful uh, when it's a shared sacrifice. You know, there's less angst yeah. than there was before. Yeah. And county employees and the unions were great. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying great because they rolled over and played dead. They didn't. Um, but they did understand the significance of the challenge that we had. And to the extent that they could be cooperative, they were. Uh, and I haven't lost sight of that. And uh, hopefully as things improve in the county... Uh, they certainly will be first on my list of people to be acknowledged for that. And I don't mean acknowledged with a clap. Right. I mean acknowledged but we may get with back some of what they lost. Right. But yeah. you know, obviously, the way we do it can't be uh, a roadmap to going back to where we were. And right. so it's going to take some some creative work. But I am uh, excited to be able to try to do that. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Warren Evans, the county executive here in Wayne County. We're talking about the county's emergence from a consent agreement with the state over its finances that happened yesterday. Uh, we're talking about how that was achieved, but also what that means going forward. And we're going to get to the conversation about municipal finance generally. So many uh, local governments here in the state of Michigan struggling with the way that we tend to fund them uh, at the state level. If you want to join the conversation, talk about what's going on in Wayne County, ask a question of the county executive, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page uh, or hashtag Detroit Today on Twitter. We'll work your comments into the conversation that way. Uh, when we talk about the sacrifices that were made to make uh, the county's budget balanced again, it sort of brings up this tension, I think, that lurks behind all of this conversation, which is, uh, is the way to, to deal with uh, financial troubles in local governments asking more of the people who depend on those governments, either for 
for work and pay or for services? Or should we be talking about ways to get more money for local governments? Uh, think of the, the, the massive cuts to revenue sharing that we've seen over a sustained period of time here in Michigan, uh, the, the, the erosion of the tax base in places like uh, Wayne County. I mean, you really have been pushed into a corner where new revenue is not all that possible. And, and you've been super vocal about the fact that, that we need to rethink that. Uh, where, where do you think we are on that? I mean, are, are people listening in Lansing when you're, when you're talking about this stuff all over the state, when you're sort of pushing the idea of rethinking this? Do you feel like we're making any progress? Uh, I'm not sure we're making any progress with uh, you know, the legislative body. What I have found from from traveling throughout the state and meeting with elected officials uh, and appointed officials and city managers throughout the state, the problem is acknowledged by everyone. Uh, this is not an urban problem. Uh, this is a state problem in uh, every area of the state that we've been to, including the UP. Uh, it's been a significant uh, issue, uh, and it's and for a number of reasons. One is there's not enough money. Uh, but Michi- enough money to do the things that, that but Michigan is fiftieth in fifty states in the amount of money that goes to the capital and comes back. And so there's it, there shouldn't be any confusion there. We are dead last in this nation with the amount of money we return to communities. In addition to that, we don't know from year to year what the revenue sharing is going to be. And when you understand that you're trying to manage effectively, you would like to be able to have an idea of what the revenue, uh, is going to be the next year so you can budget, and we don't really have that. So, I mean, the system's broke. Everybody's saying it's broke. The fix, I think, is the difficult part because it has to be a fix that works for the entire state or you'll never get the legislature uh, to take it seriously. And I don't know how far that goes, but we're working at trying to do that because you're absolutely right. It There's not enough money, and the workers are the folks that make Wayne County work. Right. Right. Uh, and they ought not be the ones uh, that are um, continually beasted in the process because that's where the money is. Right. Uh, it seems that when we talk about this, there are two pushbacks that I hear. One is um, the idea that there are some lavish uh, retirement benefits that that are are in place for for municipal workers in local governments, and that's what's driving. Uh, the 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 fiscal imbalance that that number one the the benefits may be too too generous number two there are too many people who are drawing on those benefits and certainly uh, over time we've seen the number of retirees from municipal government grow in Michigan for a number of reasons one is uh, early retirements that were given as incentives but the other is just people just living longer and so we have a lot more people who need to to depend on those. Uh, the other pushback I hear, of course, is is about urban areas, right? Uh, people in Lansing say that this is a this is a city problem, or this is a Southeast Michigan problem, and uh, you know, there's always that tension in in Michigan between the idea of you know, uh, outstate and and Detroit, outstate and Southeast Michigan, who should get more more attention. Uh, how, how are you answering those pushbacks? Well, let's start with the last one. The the uh, the 
the concern about it being uh, an urban issue uh, really doesn't uh, doesn't hold water as we've gone around the state. The the dollar values because of the size of an urban uh, community, you know, may um, bigger. May, is is bigger, yeah. but the problem uh, is pretty much uh, pretty much the same. Uh, so I don't think that uh, that really holds water. I, I, I think the issue of um, lucrative uh, pension plans is something that, uh, you know, you could have made that argument about Wayne County pension plans 14 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got to go in and restructure sometimes. Uh, you got to find a happy balance. I mean, I, you know, I don't think you save the world on the backs of workers. That's not the way it's designed to be. They're the ones that make the world work. But if they are too lavish for the resources that we can reasonably get, along with the additional resources that we need, I, you know, I think you can change multipliers. I think there are uh, a number of things that can be done. I think that's more of an excuse for not working on the problem rather than that be the core problem. Right, right. Uh, let's go to the phones here. Michael in Sterling Heights. <clears throat> Welcome to Detroit Today, Michael. Hey, Stephen. Hey. Um. I was just calling in because every time I drive into work, I see this ugly, unfinished jail, and I'm wondering, is the county going to actually do something, like get rid of it, because number one, it's ugly. Number two, it was a huge money waste, you know, like just dump a lot of money into it. Um, They could easily sell that, get back a lot of their money, and put something good in the area instead. Uh, Michael, uh, thanks very much for that uh, call. That was next on my list of topics to discuss with a county executive, the jail site. Uh, Michael there, though, I think raises some some questions about it that I think are are probably properly put in the category of misperception about what's gone on with the jail site. Uh, catch us up on where we are with that and what, what the plans are. Well, well, first of all, I mean, I, I think I've heard that... Uh that from a number of people, and it's missing an important ingredient, which is cost. There's a ton of money that's been put in this existing jail site, and a ton of work has been done. Uh, you, you say sell it to someone. Well, the best offer we've had uh, has been minuscule uh, in terms of recouping some of the money that we had in it, and the offer we've had has not just been for the jail site, but it's been for the courthouse and it's been for the juvenile detention facility. Uh, and if I was to sell it, I would have to build another courthouse. I would have to build another juvenile detention facility and build a jail from scratch. And so I, I, I get that that's not the ideal place in the world to put it. Uh, I've never said that it was. But what I've said is the cost of finishing that is far less than building three additional buildings uh, and the cost is going to be borne by the taxpayers who uh, have to pay back the bonds. And so it's um, it, it's different than that. Yeah. Uh, and we are working to finish that jail site, not because I love the jail site, but because financially that is the best offer on the table is to finish it, uh, get it done. Hopefully in January we put out an RFP for someone to come in and finish building it. Hopefully the facade doesn't look bad. It doesn't have to look like a, a dungeon. Right. Um, but I have to protect Wayne County taxpayers. Not, uh, uh, that's got to be my number one priority. And we, have this, we have this specter out there of a, of a, a Dan Gilbert built uh, soccer stadium, which, which got floated 
earlier this year, and I understand that there's some negotiations that are going on between uh, the, the Gilbert people and the county about that site and, and helping that out. Is that, mm-hmm. a, is that a possibility even, uh, or is that something that, that you think may not actually solve all of the problems? It's a, certainly a possibility, um, but we have to move towards some finalization. And so before the RFP goes out, if we get an offer from anyone that makes good fiscal sense, we'll certainly look at it. Um, it, you know, we're not forestalling that. What we're saying is this is, this jail has been sitting there through three winters so far. Uh, and uh, unlike some people, you know, think that the people lined up with money to come buy the site, uh, that's not the reality. And so, we're trying to move towards completion on that site, but if a better deal comes along, it comes along. But understand, uh, Major I mean, League Soccer is interested in Detroit. Right. That's not the only place that a soccer stadium could go if 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 that doesn't materialize. And and from your perspective, the the priority is twofold. One is money that the money you've got sunk into that site, and those are bonds that have to be repaid. It's not just money you're out, but it's money that's got to be. Uh, accounted for uh, budget-wise, but the second is that you need a new jail, and you need a new jail in an urgent way. I mean, you can't wait years and years and years for that to happen. I, and I don't think people, people understand that understand yeah, the, how the, bad the current facilities right. are. Since the an, the initial new jail project started several years ago, what the county has done is stop investing money in the existing jails to maintain them and take care of them, because the idea was. We're just going to build a new jail and it's going to be done. Well, you know, it's been stalled for three years uh, and we've been in dire financial straits for three years. And so the money has not been there to upgrade and do the things on the existing jail. Everybody in jail has a right to be humanely treated. uh, And that is a responsibility of the county. And that's not when we're going to shirk. So, yeah, that's. You know, that's that that's an issue. And there are there are some oversight issues there as well in terms of the conditions of the jail that the county's got to got to meet and it's increasingly difficult to to do that in the current facilities that's true yeah uh alex in detroit uh, alex in detroit had uh, the next question on my list on his mind so i'm gonna go ahead and let him ask it it's about something we talked about the last time you were on the show uh, with regard to the delinquent tax fund alex mm-hmm. go ahead good morning how are you hey how are you i'm doing well thanks um yes my, my my question was uh uh, I know in the recovery plan, as it was proposed, I think about a year ago, um, uh, one of the ingredients in the, the mixture of closing this uh, structural deficit was, uh, you know, continued um, projected transfers of about 30 to $40 million a year from the delinquent tax revolving fund. Um, and, and I was wondering if that's uh, uh, st- still a part of the uh, uh, equation that, that's being uh, um used and, and projected to uh, to close the deficit? Yeah, it's a great question. Not the structural deficit. I mean, the structural deficit um, we've closed without any reliance on maybe money. Uh-huh. You know, hopefully uh, in a perfect world you wouldn't get any uh, DTRF money because we wouldn't be dealing with foreclosures. Right. But in the real world we do. But uh, whatever transfers uh, we get uh, – are designed in our minds to pay down the unfunded liabilities either in the pension fund or in our uh, health care liability. So, yeah, we are counting on that money, uh, but not to structurally 
pay for the operation of the county yeah. to actually pay down uh, the amounts of money that uh, that are still uh, you know excessive in our uh, pension and health care. Yeah. Uh, I mean, last time you were on, we talked about this, and you talked about how how much it troubled you that uh, that the county was getting that money from a moral perspective from the loss of people's homes here in Wayne County, which is, continues to be a, a huge part of the way that the treasurer's office uh, manages things. We still have tens of thousands, I think, every year, properties going into that sort of foreclosure process. The, the treasurer's informed me that it's dropped off significantly this year. I mean, it's still a massive issue, yeah. but uh, he says it's about halved, uh, which just shows how monumental it was beforehand. Before. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully uh, in future years it will taper off again, too. I mean, if you're looking at it just from a financial revenue to the county, you know, I guess that's a bad thing, but it's not a bad thing at all. I mean, I'd rather not have anybody have their homes foreclosed upon. It would uh, show a more solid economy and uh, a better Detroit and Wayne County. Yeah. Okay. Warren Evidence, the county executive of Wayne County, thank you very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. All right, uh, coming up next, the Central Park Five have been back in the news lately after renewed attacks from Donald Trump. We're going to hear from the Detroit attorney who helped the group sue for wrongful conviction. Bill Goodman joins us next. Stay with us on Detroit Today. 